Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Uh, and all the messages are going to be on the podcast, everybody. We're going to be recording wow. it. So, what's up, Crux Podcast? Yeah, on iTunes, free. Um, no, but I just, uh, I felt like to, like, really challenge myself in encountering, like, God's goodness. And uh, I think for me, I, it's really easy for me to see the goodness of God in, like, the grand scheme of things. Like, I know that God is good, like, everywhere, and I know that God is good as a whole, but sometimes I have a hard time, like, narrowing that into, like, myself. Oh. And I think, like, okay, I see how God is good for everybody else, but I don't think that God's good for me. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason we have a hard time encountering or experiencing the goodness of God is because we get in the way. We get in the way ourselves. And we choose to look at a situation and only see the outcome we wanted or see what didn't happen, or see how we think it should have gone, or how we feel about it, instead of choosing to step back and say, God, how were you good here? How was your goodness here? Because he's good in everything, and we're going to look at that and talk about that a little bit, but I kind of wanted to like drop that like thought or punchline in the beginning, because I realized that my struggles to encounter the goodness of God, or see how God was good in the midst of every single one of my circumstances, was completely based on the fact that I was choosing not to see it. I was choosing to look at how I felt and how I was upset that it wasn't what I wanted or how I wanted it instead of being like, oh my goodness, God, you were way greater here because I shouldn't have been where I wanted to be. Or like there was something I learned here. There was something that I experienced and I encountered. Um, And sometimes it's just choosing that even if you don't see or understand it, choosing to believe that he is good because his word says that he is. Like I love that. Lauren set us up with that verse this morning because all scripture is God breathed, meaning that every verse in here that says that God is good means that God is good. And there's so much of it. But sometimes when hard stuff happens in the world or hard stuff happens in our lives, it's really easy to start to get bitter towards God or to put up walls towards him or to think that he's only good in certain circumstances. But he is good in everything. And we have to make a conscious choice to choose to say that I'm going to believe that you are good even if I don't see it, or if I don't feel it, or if I don't understand it, God is still good in the midst of it all. And I think, and to go the beginning of God's goodness, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, Genesis 1, and I love that, like, in, like, he says, uh, in verse 3, he says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night, Evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. And as we go through, and I want to read some of it, because I just feel like God's really on this, like on just the story of creation, obviously. But the first thing that God created when he separated, created light and separated light and darkness, he called it good. So the very first marking, the very first documentation of God and what God does, he says he's good. Like the first thing God does, and then God says, look at that, that's good. <laughs> and then he does that in everything, and he says, let there be space between the heavens and the waters, separate them, uh, waters and the earth. And he pulled it back and he says, and then, and God saw that it was good. Oh, now I lost my spot. And he produced vegetation and all that stuff. And then God saw that it was good. Evening passed and morning came, marked the third day. Um, 
I love this one. God, uh, in verse 14, it says, Then God said, Let the lights appear in the sky to separate the day from night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger to govern the day, the smaller to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And then he created creation. And created the birds and the trees and all of that stuff. And God saw that it was good. Everything God does in the story of creation, he then goes says, and God saw that it was good. So the first thing that we ever see God do ever, our first, the farthest we can trace God back, which is creation. The first thing he says about himself is that he's good. So he starts off creating the world and saying it is good. And he created man and he called us good. And from the beginning, he sets this precedent saying that what he does, what he creates, and who he is, is good. So that means that who you are is good because God created you. That means that this earth, what God has created, is good because he created us. So that means that he is good. Does that make sense? If he's saying that the light and dark are good, if he's saying that um, like when he created the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars, and if he says that all of that is good, he's calling himself good because he created it. And I think, like, something, the reason I love that verse about the stars is one of the most powerful ways that God speaks to me is through the night sky. And I've just so many times looked up, and I look at it, I'm like, how can you not, like, the vastness of this, like, how can you not see God here? Like, I can, like, one of my uh, favorite moments is in, when I went to Mozambique, we had, like, a night where we went to dinner and we laid on the beach, um, the third year that I went, and there's, like, no... Well, it was like the beach. It's not like it's this like glorious thing. It's like you're in the bush and then you walk a couple in like, oh, look, there's the ocean. Like, you know, and there's like a shack down the road and then there's nothing for miles. And we, Gosh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we like ate dinner and then we went out to sit and look at the stars because it's a completely different constellation, which is like, if you ever go to the Southern Hemisphere, it's oh. so bizarre to look up and not see the Big Dipper. You're like, yeah. so right, random side tangent, but like you see the Southern Cross and it's just like, it's like, it's bizarre, you know? And it's just like, I can remember Sony like looking up and just being like, this is amazing. Like God is so good. Like this is so vast and so complex and so incredible. Like how can we not look at this and see how good he is? Um, and if we look at just like God's track record in history, like I was looking at Abraham and how many like stupid things Abraham did. <laughs> like, like, because he just made some poor choices, you know, like silly. Yeah. He like, he was afraid of Pharaoh, so he gave his wife and said that he was his sister and, like, gave his wife away to Pharaoh to be Pharaoh's wife because he was afraid. Like, that's wrong, you know? Or, like, God promised. This is this is something I find, this just so proves how good God is because God said, I will make, like, your descendant, like, more than, your told Abraham he'd make his descendants more than, like, the stars in the sky and the sand and the, on the ground, whatever, however you phrase that. And he was, like, and he said it would come from his wife, Sarah. And... Abraham grew impatient with God, and so he uh, slept with his wife's maiden, uh, whose name I can't remember, H-something, Hagar, Hagar, thank you, Uh, and from that, his son was born, another son, and God was like, this is not the son I promised you would have a nation from. God's like, I did not say that this would happen, but because I promised that your descendants would be, like, numerous, like, I will make this, like, illegitimate son of yours into a nation. Like, God was still, even though Abraham chose to, like, derail himself, God still held his promise through and, like, still blessed that. And then he still had Isaac, and Isaac came, and then 
boom, descendants will. Here's John. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was looking at, like, the story of Joseph and how Joseph uh, was given up by his brothers and, like, sent and, like, pretended like they killed him and they sent him off and, like, got captured by people or whatever and, like, into Egypt and he's in slavery and, like, God, in the midst of all of these really hard circumstances and bad things that have happened to Joseph, he gets, like, raised up to be, like, with Pharaoh and, like, help rule all of Egypt. And I love this. It says in um, uh, Ephesians, Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph says, "Um, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Don't be afraid. I'll continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Joseph chose in the midst of his circumstance not to get angry at the Lord for like letting him get in prison, letting his brothers bring, take him away from his family and be surrounded by all these crazy circumstances. He looked at it and said, God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. If he had chosen to sit there and instead be like, woe is me, I'm mad and I'm upset. And that doesn't mean that he didn't have those moments. But he chose to see that God was good in the midst of it and God raised him up to save his nation. And like, look at like Israelites in the promised land. Despite the fact that the Israelites um, over and over again chose to deny God, he still brought them to the promised land. He still brought them into where he was supposed, they were, they, um, were supposed to be or even like um meeting them like or when he like when Sodom and Gomorrah got destroyed like Abraham said but God like my brother lives there what if you saved would it would you save it even if it was for one and God said yes getting your brother out and I'll save him like God is good in the midst of every circumstance and throughout the history of the Bible we can see the character of God's goodness and uh how in the midst of whatever might have happened, God turns around and says, no, but I am good and I will redeem my people. Um, Jeremiah, if you guys want to turn there while I turn there, because I didn't mark it. Jeremiah 32. Mm -hmm. This is super random, but did anybody, uh, for those of you who grew up in church, did anybody uh, listen to the Mary Rice Hopkins uh, Books of the Bible song? growing up i literally the reason i can remember the books of the bible today is i sing the song in my head genesis exodus leviticus numbers yeah it's true like literally it's how i and i don't remember all of it i mix some some of them up but that's how i can find them. anyways that's random um okay jen or jeremiah 32 36 to 42 it says uh or 37 sorry uh, god says i will certainly bring my people back from all the countries where i will scatter them in my fury I will bring them back in this very city and let them leave in peace and safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of all of their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me and they will never leave me. I will find joy doing good for them and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. This is what the Lord says. Just as I have brought all these calamities, so I will do all the good I have promised them. And something that the Lord was reminding me is how in the Old Testament, like they're under old law, under the old covenant, meaning that 
Like, they had to do all of these things for God to, like, forgive them and meet them and redeem them. And we have the amazing gift of the fact that we're under the new covenant. Meaning that we don't have to do all this stuff. The only thing we have to do is accept Jesus and encounter Jesus. That's it. And we meet him and say, Lord, you are, you, like, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And that's it. Like, and, and love him. And, like, we don't have to do all these rituals. We don't have to, like bow and kneel and sacrifice stuff like obviously like bowing and kneeling is great before the lord but like you don't have to do that in order to get saved and be free from your sin how good is that like that alone like mic drop seal it done call it good like god is good because we don't have to do any of that stuff like i don't know about anybody else in this room but i would still be like bowing and kneeling and sacrificing things for everything i did five years ago and i wouldn't even catch up for the last five years like let me just tell you i'm so thankful that i don't have to do any of that stuff it would be like that's all I get to do because I'd be too busy trying to clean up and like mess up, fix my own messes versus the fact that I can just be like, Jesus, I'm sorry. You forgive me of my sin. And he goes, yes. And I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> cool. Okay. Now I'm going to try to live without sin and I'm going to go a little bit longer and then I'm going to mess up again. And I'm going to be like, Jesus, I'm sorry. How good is that? Like, we don't have to do that. I don't know if anyone has ever spent any time reading some of the things they had to do, like in Leviticus. It's super boring, but let me tell you, it will make you so thankful it will make you yeah it will make you so thankful that you live under the new covenant (laughs) romans we're gonna jump over to romans now romans 8 28 to 30 yeah romans 8 it's a good chapter (laughs) <laughs> it's all good man so Romans eight twenty eight. it says and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them I'm going to read that again and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them this like touches me so much because I think because this is the verse that I look at when like really hard stuff happens and we don't have an explanation and we don't know why but God said that he will work everything out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose meaning that you his sons and daughters he will work everything out for the good of those who love him he will work it out for the good and uh, some friends of mine who like uh really work like live this to me is I have a really dear friend, some of you guys know her, her name's Penny, uh, and she's been like a mentor of mine for a, a number, long, long time, and this has been the hardest year of their life. Uh, earlier this year, in like April, um, her oldest son went home from work feeling not feeling well and took a nap and passed away in his sleep, like without no notice, like nothing, just like passed in his sleep, uh, and... Penny is, like, one of the strongest people I've ever met in my life. And she is somebody who, like, goes hard after God without holding back or, like, worrying about what anybody thinks about her. And to watch and to, like, but I also know how much her kids mean everything to her. Like, I grew up with all of her kids and, like, knowing how much her kids mean to her, to watch her, like, choose to believe that God was good, even though she just lost her son, was, like, was so, like, oh, if they can believe that God is good, how can I not believe that God is good? You know, or like, and then a couple months later, or uh, her daughter's been having, um, her and her husband have gone through like all, um, 
a lot, some several miscarriages and all this kind of stuff. They finally got in vitro the week that Jordan passed, that her son passed away. Uh, Taylor was a like uh, had the like egg inserted and all that stuff. And uh, at like 24 weeks pregnant, Taylor goes into the hospital with this like really severe um, thing that happened, like pregnancy thing, uh, where she's gonna die and they have to they have to like deliver the baby because it's either they both die or they try to like make this little baby live. And so this little one pound baby was born. And he lived about a week, and he and he passed away, and uh, and he didn't make it. And it's like in less than six months, this family had two, a son and a grandson, or a brother and a son, like pass away, like tra- tragically. In the midst of also that was all in the midst of the Houston hurricane where they lived. He, they were like locked up in the hospital in the midst of all of this. And and Penny gets on this like message board that I'm on of people that pray, and she goes. We don't understand, but we know that God is going to work this out for his good because he says that he will. And there have been all kinds of little testimonies and stories that have come forth from this where, like, people are, like, encountering the goodness of God and, like, different things that have happened because of, like, this little life and these things that they've gone through and the way Penny and her husband and her daughter and her daughter's husband are choosing to believe that God is good. And they're on this, like, awesome track where, like, the Lord has provided for them to have a surrogate now and, like, there's like they're in the process of that happening so they can still have a baby and it's really cool and like all these people have rallied together for them and like the point of that is that they have chosen to believe that God is good no matter what and even if it didn't feel like it and even if their like absolute hearts have been like ripped from their chest she's choose like they have chosen to believe that God is good and and for me like it inspired me so much like okay I can get over my issue with like not being where I want to be with work or with life because, like, they've lost everything. And they're like, no, no, God is so good. He's so good. Like, he's protected us. And, like, we were in the hospital in the midst of all of this, but our home was okay in Houston. Like, they like they look at, like, the goodness of that. Or, and, like, you know what? Our friends, like, this happened to them. But God is so good, and he's here, and he's meeting them. Um, I read this book a long time ago called God's Blogs. And it was this little book. I really wish I could find it again. I need to, like, look it up. And it was this little book, and it was, somebody wrote it as if God wrote a blog. And they picked, like, maybe seven to ten topics, and one of the topics was, like, where is God when, when disaster happens? And where is the goodness of God in the midst of those moments? And this, it was written as if it was a perspective from God. And, and the last line of it says, God says, where, people ask me, where are you? God in the midst of a hard time and God says I'm asking you the same question and it's like where is the goodness of God in the midst of something like when Vegas happened the goodness of God was in all of those people that stepped up and helped out everybody and saved hundreds of lives where is the goodness of God in the midst of disaster the goodness of God is when people come in and rescue each other and help pull each other out and step up and let the love of God be shown and people encounter God Like, it's so much of how we view a situation and a circumstance and how we can step back and let and see how God meets us there. And I had a situation years ago where somebody really close to me had passed away and um, it like wrecked my life. And like I was had not been in a good place with this. Like they were a really good friend of mine and I'd not been in a good place with them. Uh, And like a couple months before they died, they died out. They weren't sick. They like dropped dead of heat exhaustion, uh, like out of in like the midst of a heat wave like five years ago and like a couple months before they passed away we like got into contact and we never like resolved the problem but we were like okay again and we just talked back and forth and I didn't understand like why like I don't understand why I'm suddenly like 
everything's okay. Like nothing ever went wrong. And it was like a nasty, like not good friendship. (laughs) And when they passed away, uh, I was like, what the heck God? And God was like, I had all of that happen because like, I didn't want you to have any regret. Like, like God chose to like set my heart up for success. Like knowing that this was going to happen. And God was like, no, like I'm going to like set your heart up so that you know that you're okay. And there's no ill will between you. So that when they die and you're like broken over the fact that your friend has passed away, that like, you know, that you were okay. And that like, I met you. And there was so many things in the midst of like that, that I could have chosen to be so angry and bitter. And like, why did this happen to my friend? Like watching their family be so devastated and all this other stuff. And like, but instead, like, and everybody in the circumstance chose to look at the goodness of God. And all of these stories started coming up of, like, these encounters that people had with this person before they passed away where they realized, like, that God was so good to them because he set their hearts up to not be so broken when it happened. And to be like, we don't understand, but God set us up to be successful in that. And, and, I, and I, there were people that didn't choose to see that about the situation, and they had a, a much harder time going through that. And that's okay. Like, we all have our process and we go through hard times. But I think so much has to do with our perspective. So much is because God is always good. He is good in the midst of every circumstance, every hard time, every good time. And we have to choose to see how he is going to meet us there. And sometimes we have to wait a long time for that. Sometimes you wait years and years and years. (laughs) And then you realize how good God is. Um, I think of even like, I was thinking about how, like, when Taylor was kind of mentioning, like, the Israelites of the pillar of smoke and the fire last night, like, I was thinking about how they had a physical manifestation of God guiding them for 40 years, and they still, like, doubted God. <laughs> like, they literally had this, like, fire and smoke day and night, and, like, did they still, like, didn't believe that God was real. And I'm like, if I was there, I would like to believe that God was real. And God was like, how many times have I revealed myself every day, and you choose to not believe that I'm good right now? Like, you choose, I am showing you how to walk through your desert season. I am being a smoke and a fire at night, and I'm saying, Emily, go this way, and you're following me, but you are grumbling and bitter the whole time because you don't like it, and you're choosing not to see that I'm being good right now, even though it's not exactly what you think. I'm still guiding you through where you maybe not want to be. And then and then I'm like, oh, okay. And then he comes through, and let me tell you, like, waiting for God's timing is the absolute best thing you will ever do for yourself in everything in relationship in work in school like don't do not compromise like do not compromise because waiting for God's timing is realizes that he is even greater than you have ever realized in your life like, oh, I'm getting hot. That's good. That's good, man. Let me start taking my sweater off now. It's getting stuffy. Uh, for me, like, <laughs> I think sometimes, like, I don't know what just happened. I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to, we're just going to keep going forward here. Excuse <laughs> me a moment to get water. It's okay. <laughs> um, 
One thing I wanted to encourage you guys with is a testimony, and then we're going to read a few other things and then move forward. Is um, uh, Like, I, for those of you who don't, like, totally know my testimony, some of you have been here for a while, and, or some of you have heard it over and over, some of you haven't, some of you have been smokers with me, but, um, like, for me, my coming to Jesus moment came because I, like, completely walked away from, like, close family and friends, all because I wanted to, like, have, like, I, like, wanted to have, like, this relationship with somebody, and I, like, messed my life up because I didn't know how to differ like who I am and what love what love actually was and I got so caught up in needing to have like love from a guy that I like messed my life up and I'd grown up a Christian I knew right from wrong and all of this stuff and I like made so many poor decisions that I was like finally I was like God I'm done I'm done I'm putting all this aside and I'm gonna choose like to go after you and like I, from the time that I, like, had my come to Jesus moment and the time that, like, I met and married Dominic was seven years. And those seven years were long. But it was a lot of, like, learning that I was okay with who I was and coming to terms with, like, the choices I'd made and knowing that God loves me and that he was going to be good. And I had this moment the other day. and just at home, and I, like, started weeping because I realized that, like, I, all of the choices I've made, like, I so don't deserve to marry somebody like Dalton Hick. Like, I didn't deserve something good. Like, I didn't deserve to have, like, a good thing and a good promise and, like, a relationship that's blessed by God because of the decisions I had made. Like, there's, I didn't deserve that at all. Like, and all of a sudden, I had this moment where I was like, God is so much better because this is anything better than I would have ever picked for myself. And it's like, it was worth, like, like obviously, I wish I had made some of the poor decisions I'd made, but, like, it was worth waiting for. Like, it was worth, like, going hard after God and saying, God, I'm not going to settle for less than what you have for me in anything and work and relationship. It doesn't like have to pertain to that. But I had this moment where I realized like God is so much greater, like, and it's so worth it because suddenly like the goodness of God is at this new level. And like, God, I've always been that good, but I'm just now choosing to see that he's actually that good, you know? And we all have different things in our life where we're either wanting to see the goodness of God come in and we're like God I need to see how you're good here because I don't see it or maybe you're like wanting that direction or I don't know and um I really just felt like today I felt like God wanted to challenge all of us I felt like God wanted us to look at a circumstance in our life and maybe there's already something you're thinking about maybe um you're looking for direction or maybe you're looking for like guidance or I don't know. I don't know what your circumstance is, but I have a feeling all of us are starting to think of something where we're struggling to see or understand and feel the goodness of God. And it might be a painful memory. It might be something really hard that happened to you before. And you're like, I don't see how God was good here. And I need to like, I feel like God is challenging you to encounter the goodness of God there. And sometimes that's hard because that means we have to go back and like, Oh, I really don't want to think about like, the bad choices that I made. But let me tell you, like, you can go back and see how God protected and saved you and, like, carried you through these circumstances. And you're like, wow, God, you are so good, even though I made decisions I shouldn't have. Or maybe you're like, God, I am waiting for this thing. I'm waiting for this dream, this encounter, this thing. And I don't know, like, how to get there. And God's like, no, I'm going to show you how I'm good while you wait right now. And how in the waiting is when sometimes he is the absolute best because he sustains you in a moment you don't feel like you can be sustained. And he meets you where you feel like you need to be met. And I can look back at those seven years and be so glad that I had them by myself with the Lord. Because there's so many things that God did that I was like, whoa, God, you are good because you're teaching me how my heart is like needs to be fully yours. Like my heart is fully yours. 
And like, I, you are number one, like you are my number one priority. And that means that because otherwise, if we don't make that and we didn't, if I hadn't learned that lesson and like, and walked that out for several years before I like got ready to get married, I would like drag on him and like drain him because we like rely on somebody else to be that for us. But God is supposed to be that for us, you know, and, and that's like, you know, and I, like, <laughs> I just remember that being like a rough lesson, but it's a good one. Like, let me tell you, like, it, God has to be enough for you. God has to be enough while you wait for your dreams, while you wait for your job. God has to be enough in the midst of all of it. And that is where his goodness will meet you so incredibly profoundly because he wants you to see that he is good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hide his goodness from us. We're not in the Old Testament where, like, like Mo, he's like his goodness and his presence passed before Moses, and Moses had to close his eyes. Like, we don't have to close our eyes for God's goodness to pass before us. Yeah. Like, we're not meant to like shield ourselves from it. We're meant to encounter it, um, and 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 experience it. And so, right now, I just want us to take some time, um, and I want us to just kind of close our eyes and we can just position ourselves in a place in like a posture of of like worship and and like a place where you can just kind of meet with the Lord. So if you want to move on the floor, if you want to sit and just close your eyes and lean forward, whatever it is you want to do. Um, And I just feel like, um, thank you. Um, And I just want you to think of something where you say, God, I need you to, I need to encounter your goodness here. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsandmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.